podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey guys, welcome into the show. Here's part two of Bill and Keith's discussion about the Combine preview, and uh, this is the defensive side. Here you go. We're, we're talking about the uh, NFL Combine, and everyone, and we, you and I have been talking about this as far as identifying players that can be interior pass rushers for the Seahawks. We mm-hmm. moved on from um from reed last year didn't really have a great replacement i'm thinking a really nice interior pass rusher would be optimal with that first pick and i'm looking for a guy now at at the combine that could really kind of fill that role um obviously i think when we did the mock draft we settled in on kind of a a rush linebacker kind of a guy um, as being in that pick, and that would work too. What is your ideal situation, kind of type of player that you're looking for for the Seahawks in this combine? Okay, so the guy that I want, I want to see just, you know, have nobody talking about him at all at the combine so that he drops to Seattle would be Perry and Winfrey out of Oklahoma. Um, He's a guy that I think he, I mean, he was the guy that you and I talked about when we did our, our most recent mock draft show where we, we, we wanted him. We for sh- we thought for sure he was going to be available in, in the early fifties. Uh, so he moved down a couple of times and then he got sniped from us um, and we shouldn't is, have moved down. Is um, there any way that you would consider the other three guys that are in this range, maybe earlier, but maybe right there would be Devonte Wyatt out of Georgia, Logan Hall out of Houston, or Federian Mathis from Alabama, all similar roles in the NFL, mm-hmm. different types of players, different energies, different body types and builds mm-hmm. and so forth. Perry and Winfrey seems to be the perfect fit yeah. as far as you know being in that three-tech role, but uh, when they if they move to a 3-4 defense on a lot of fronts or a bare front or whatever, does Perry and Winfrey still fit that mold? I think he does. You could have him um, if if they, if they go to almost a pure three four, he would be your five tech, um, and you know that wow. would be that wow. would be that would be a tremendous you know get for them there. Um, Devontae Wyatt is a guy I'd be interested in um, to be the three tech in that particular um, uh, scenario. Um, same with Logan Hall. I think he could do he could do that too. Fedarian Mathis, yeah, he's Alabama, and I think there's a you'll end up paying an SEC tax for him and he'll go higher than his um, production in the pros, I think will um, warrant. And so I'd stay clear of him unless he drops into the sixties. But he's, I mean, good player. Just, I just think you're, you're going to have to take him earlier than I would in order to get him simply because people are see Alabama and um, instantly like, okay, well let's let's go get that guy because we know we can play. Um, where what the about, guy 
I was to say guy, a guy like Travis Jones out of UConn, mm. um, you know, you I was could just get, gonna say, let's, let's get talk about nose tackles 15 or 20 picks later. Um, you could stick him at nose tackle, move Puna Ford to the three tech and maybe get just as much production, um, out of your defense, I mean, you know, just as make your defense would be just as improved, but you get to pick him a, a round later. Yeah, um, so and that, by making that switch. That's that's right. And so if you end up getting an offensive tackle that falls, you know, for whatever reason, or if you get another position player that you just have to go up and get or whatever, you could do that. Now, uh, I was going to talk to you actually about Puna Ford taking a role of a of a nose tackle in Seattle's new scheme and wondering if he could hold up there you know we also have brian monet's or restricted guy this year are those two players adequate is monet, is monet restricted or is he exclusive rights he might well, one of the yes I, I i believe that he might be exclusive but okay um, well those are it's a different question because exclusive rights true. means he's coming in at, at four hundred and eighty thousand. Yes, i i agree um, Nonetheless, I, I think so. he'll be around, but what my question is, is he's he good enough to be the guy in Seattle's defense, uh, it, it, considering the improvement? Now, we know that they've defended the run pretty well. He was part of that equation, but mm-hmm. they, we really know that they want to be more aggressive. And is Brian Monet that guy? No, he's not. He's a guy that um, he's he's a giant human who takes up a ton of space and makes it hard um to form running lanes for running backs on the inside um and that's that's what he does and yeah he's got he's got some highlight reel where he gets up field and, and makes pressure gets pressure on the quarterback but those plays are few and far between that's just not who he is um and so they need a guy that can if if he's not going to be um that guy then they need to replace him with someone and he is perfectly uh, adequate rotational piece guy that can come in at nose or the three do the job um you know give guys like pin the four to break uh, mm-hmm. but expecting him to come in and be a starter uh on an nfl defense i think is really limiting you because you've got a guy that's very one-dimensional he's very yeah. much a well, run stuffer and doesn't right. do anything else right well i was just thinking in terms of just the, the nose tackle role um uh, in a in a new scheme, if we were doing a, a basically a traditional three four, and I don't know what we're doing, they haven't really come out and said that. But if we're going to mm-hmm. be in those fronts more often, um, it, it could happen. A guy like Travis Jones would be perfect in that role, or Fedarian yeah. Mathis, for example, would be as well. If mm-hmm. you like, uh, if you like him as a prospect, um, Haskell Garrett get, again I, is. A, is I think you could guy. get Travis Jones around later than Fedarian Mathis and get just as much out of him. I think so. I think so. Yeah, I agree. Haskell Garrett out of um, Ohio State is a guy that I would look at um, really closely if they're making that switch because having him come in to pair with, um, you know, Puna Ford, you've got a couple of guys that I think would be a really good interior um, of your defense. And you could get Haskell Garrett you know, two rounds later. Yeah. Um, I, that's just a. And a, if you were going nice around later than that, would it be like a guy like John uh, Ridgeway? from the mm-hmm. Razorbacks, Arkansas. Um, yep. he's, he's a guy in there that just basically stuffs the run, you know, and if we need a guy like yep. that, you don't want to go too much earlier than say round five. How about defensive end, Keith? Well, okay, so defensive end, and you basically we're talking edge players. I have a hard time with this group because I don't know the scheme that Seattle's going to run, and this is the most scheme-specific group 
um, when it comes to that front seven. Because if you are looking at um, running more of a 3-4, then you can have smaller, faster guys as your edge players. And if you're looking at running um, something that's more traditional to have... Uh, hate allergy season. Um, that's running, you know, more of a traditional four three. Well, then you need bigger guys who can be edge setters. And go. so, <laughs> I just have, I have a real hard time with this particular group of yeah, uh, guys think, and evaluating what Seattle needs. Slash I think wants. the safe evaluation pick would be a five tech. So you'd look mm-hmm. at guys like Trayvon Walker, Boy Mafe. Um, yep. Might be a little small for that position, but you know what I'm saying. Those kind of guys, guys that could play strong side linebacker or move up. There's mm-hmm. that, and then you've got the edge setters, the five techs, um, guys like Josh Pascal out of University of Kentucky would be a guy that I'm looking at in this draft for sure. D'Angelo Malone is small, but he's he's quick. So you've got two different types. You've got mm-hmm. the really quick guys, the small guys that they're going to be looking at that are specialists, and then you're going to be looking at their base defensive ends um, in a three-four. So yeah, maybe a guy like Isaiah Thomas um, out of Oklahoma um zachary carter yeah florida yeah so i i just have i have a hard time evaluating this particular group for seattle right now because i just don't know sports fans look at the latest offer from DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl new customers can bet just one dollar on any team and get 150 dollars in free bets if they win it's that simple If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's why I think that like the the press conference thing, it will be interesting to see if you can get anything out of that mm-hmm. um, as far as scheme is concerned. Now you don't yep. you don't have to necessarily um, tell the world who you're evaluating, um, but it'd be nice for fans to know what kind of defense they're going to run, just as a basic uh, you know question and answer. I don't know. Maybe they don't want to divulge that yet. That would be kind of weird because I don't think. I don't know. You know, I guess you you could say that our, you know, somebody could start scheming against us now. But I think, well, you know, what why they what they wouldn't want to say is because if they're going, oh, if they're going to say, hey, we're going to switch, we're switching to a three four. That's what we're going to run. Teams are going to go through and they're like, okay, so that means they need, um, they need some uh, smaller, quicker edge guys and some bigger, big defensive ends, and then they could start looking and go, okay, so that means that they're going to be after you know drake jackson and and kinsley um and igbari and then when it comes time for the for draft day you know they could move up ahead of seattle to get those guys if that's who seattle's targeting um so you don't want to give those hints away um right now the fact that nobody knows except for the people that are in um you know, in the Seahawks headquarters know what what seattle's looking for at this position is an advantage for seattle 
um, going into draft day because people aren't going to be able to scheme. Um, and I don't mean scheme like on the field. I mean scheme on draft day, when to move, where to move in order to get their guy. So another group that's going to be really athletic this year at the draft is the linebackers. Yeah. Um, and that's another group. You know, you just talked about scheme fits and not exactly knowing what's going on. This is a little bit of that as well. Yeah, but the the thing is, with the, when it comes to linebacker, um, what you're looking at here, I mean, the CX have um, Jordan Brooks. They've currently got Bobby Wagner, whether that is still true or, um, or not come draft day. Um, but you need those two interior linebackers in a um, three, four, and it's your, your middle linebacker and your weak side linebacker in Seattle's old scheme. It's, you still need two guys and they're what you're looking for is very similar with both of them. And so I, I think you can actually kind of look at what this team needs and what they're looking for and, and go and find guys um, that are in that right range. And a guy like Channing Tindall out of Georgia, um, mm-hmm. you know, who's got, you know, that third round range, mm-hmm. um, Makes a lot speed. of sense. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, you know, the CX have talked about wanting to get faster. Um, uh, and, and like I said, the, there's a the speed right there and you stick him at, at your weak side linebacker and move Brooks into the middle. Um, if, you know, if Bobby Wagner leaves, that's speed for days at linebacker. Uh, yeah. You couldn't go wrong with that. Yeah. Leo Chanel is another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of speed. Nick uh, Bonito out of um, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Would be another guy, Muma. Chad Muma had a great senior bowl. Um, Brian Asamoah, we've talked about that. Yeah, um, Asamoah would be fun. Yeah, Quay Walker is another guy that can can move around for you. Who was the other guy I was thinking about? Um, uh, Troy Anderson, it's a tackling machine, kind of a middle linebacker type. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if there's if they're going to create a hedge. Out of Montana you know, this, State this year um, for Bobby Wagner, you know, bringing in another middle linebacker that could play special teams right away. So I think that they would be considering or looking at that. Zacoby McLean out of Auburn. Um, anyway, fun group. That'll be yep. a fun group to watch. So let's look at cornerback because Seattle um, desperately needs cornerbacks. Yeah. What's um, the situation right now in the roster, Keith, as you frame it? I would say they have no healthy cornerbacks <laughs> currently no, under contract. They, they have nothing, literally. Literally nothing. They, 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 there's one player who's currently under contract, and he's coming off a of patellar t- tendon in, injury. Um, and so they have but we no all, but we, But we know that the team traditionally has not looked high in the draft no. for, to solve this equation. The earliest they've taken a player um, in the draft in the Pete Carroll era has been – um, Griffin, uh, Quill Griffin, uh, in round three. That's that's it. Uh, everyone else has been. Uh, now, I have a question for you. Hmm. So now that we have Desai, now that we have Carl Scott, now that we have maybe a new scheme where we're running a slightly different coverages and we're looking maybe for a cover guy, would you consider the first pick in the draft at forty-one if somebody fell? They could they could do that for you like a, a Kiara Elam uh, out of Florida or something like that or a Kyler Gordon um, Washington um, would or or Martin Emerson I think is underrated out of Mississippi State he might be available in, with the second pick but what I'm saying is would you consider drafting early based on those variables yeah, now absolutely 
Um, I would say the fact, the, the fact that they don't have anything. And so you, it's not just a matter of you need to go get a guy that can play. You need to go get a guy that can start week one. Um, and that's hard to do. And so, and the fact did that you're looking, did you, you're, or say, and you're, I was going to say, and, and the other thing is that you need, you may need guys that, cause even if you, the, you bring back the restricted guys and you resign some of your things, you may need a completely different skill set because of your, um, scheme change. And you need to go get a guy that fits that skill set. You may have to go earlier in the draft. And I think this might be the year they do. Well, I think they probably try to solve this in free agency too. Now, did you see the quote Richard Sherman came out with the other day about um, oh, who's the guy? The guy that used to be at New England and they spent last year, I think, with the Panthers and now he's going to be a free agent um, being a, a scheme fit in Seattle. Yeah. Um... I know. we we So many players in our brains – I know we're Every, looking at everyone this year's draft and they're like, oh yeah. I know everyone there. that's listening. I'm just you know talking out loud here, but the you know the, the one of the top corners available in free agency is going to be available and yeah, likely could be a. He, he didn't have a great year. He didn't have. He hasn't played well in a couple of years, so yeah. I think that you know um, Richard Sherman said a lot of things recently, and I'm. <laughs> I'm learning very quickly to listen to him less and less. So, All right. So is there uh, somebody that you have your eye on in this draft that you'd love to see at the combine turn out and, and be a good fit for the Seahawks? Um, are you expecting me to say anyone other than Tariq Woolen? I was hoping you'd say Tariq Woolen because <laughs> that would be a great fit. It just would, you know, Honestly, I just want to, I just want to make sure that his, draft stock his big board kind of love fest is not just because he's just got this whole physical physique thing this height weight speed thing but he can't really do the job he needs to show up on tape and i'm wondering here's what i want will will it all show at the combine i want him to roll an ankle the day before the combine and not be able to participate go through the interviews do all that but not have good measurables on him so he drops and the cx can get him in like the fourth round or the fifth round i would take him i would be happy to take him though at 74 or whatever oh me too but i'm just saying like it it, he may not be available then yeah i know i'm just saying like if if that happens and then the cx get the the um, cornerback version of dk metcalf on the roster um i'll just be giddy you know who so, a guy I think that uh, uh, underrated, under the radar guy that the Seahawks are going to definitely consider. He's going to be on their short list. Nobody's talking about right now is Josh Joby out of Alabama, mm-hmm. and the reason for that is Carl Scott knows Josh Joby very, very well. Yes, and if 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 Carl Scott likes Josh Joby, Josh Joby is going to be the pick. Yeah, I'm just I mean, saying that that's just the way it's going to be because he's familiar with the system. Mm-hmm. He, he can come right in, start right away, or or have a heavy rotation right away, and he's Carl Scott's guy. That would other, be a guy, a pick that I would look at. The other thing that you add out that I would look at and and wait for um, much later in the draft would be Jalen Armour Davis. Um, same same thing, right? Uh, out of Alabama, mm-hmm. um, currently thought of as like a sixth round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. having him come in because he he already knows the coach and 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 that kind of stuff. 
uh, I think would work really well for Seattle because it's it's just one of those things. It's a it's a comfort level. It comes in already knows what the coach is looking for and and that kind of stuff. And the coach knows exactly what they what to how to use the player to get the most out of him. Yeah. And and that's the kind of situation where I think the CX could get a lot out of that. Interesting. How about safety? <laughs> I know that I know that uh, the safety thing for the Seahawks is going to be up in the air as well. Diggs is uh, hopefully mm-hmm. going to be re-signed. I think he's definitely a priority from all reports, including Kandata and, and so forth, are saying that they're in, uh, in negotiations as we speak um, to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. And, um, but nonetheless, I think that the, the scheme points to the idea that a hybrid sort of uh, safety would be on the radar for the Seahawks or yeah, be- or possibly a free safety. Yeah. I mean, because we've already got Ryan Neal and um, mm-hmm. Adams. So it seems like strong safety is solved. Yeah. And, and it is. And, and so, and the thing is that what we, what we saw at the end of last year when they moved um, uh, Amadi to free safety during, you know, when, when everyone was hurt the last couple of games and they really liked what they saw from Amadi. He played well there. They moved Diggs up to um, strong safety. And so that gave them the idea that, okay, we know he can cover, he can play in the slot, but he can also, he has also done it um, on the, the back end too. And so they've kind of got that. But I think one of the things that, you know, kind of looking at, at uh, the coaching tree that the CX have tapped into, they want free safety, strong safety guys, guys that can do both. That way they can rotate one down to the line scrimmage and one back and, and mix things up for the, um, for the opposing quarterback. And honestly, um, Blair would be the perfect guy for that. If he could ever agree. be healthy. I agree. Diggs is great in that role. We know he can do that. Um, Ryan Neal actually is great in that role. He can do that. So, um, where do you where do you go if you're if you're the Seahawks and you have these options? Um, is safety actually a need now? If they get, if they don't re-sign Diggs, then it's absolutely a need. They need they need to go get a player. But if they can re-sign Diggs, I think they're in really good shape at safety and probably aren't going to take anyone early. I think regardless of Diggs, um, if if they miss out on Diggs in free agency, they'll probably sign a guy um in free Mm -hmm. agency and solve that before the draft and then you'd be looking at guys that would come in and either compete or back-end guys that would you know learn the system play special uh, teams play special teams um so a guy like jane uh petrie who performed extremely well at the senior bowl probably one of the (coughs) my favorite players um in the draft is sitting there you know on big boards right now at about 60 so that would be in the in the back end of the second round, third round uh, kind That's of a grade. Kirby Joseph, Veron McKinley, uh, Yusuf Corker, Leon O'Neill, Smoke Monday. These are all guys that I would really like to see at the at the combine, um, just as options, because I know it's it's yeah. going to be one of those things that we're possibly going to be talking about in April. Yeah, it's just it's hard because we um, th- at this point, you know, the CX could be looking at a guy like um you know maybe brian cook um out of cincinnati um in the third round or if they re-sign Diggs, he's not even on their board really they're looking you know down yes. at yusuf corker out of kentucky uh in like the round five or round six instead and so there's it, it's so variable it's not like uh, other positions where it's like okay maybe they move down one round and get a different guy but you're not talking like moving down three um be, 
but that's the state of where safety is. You either need that person to replace Diggs or you need back of the roster, um, you know, filler and, and special teams play and, and um, you know, backup that's going to learn the system over a year or so before they uh, are expected to do much on the defense. So it's so very I, different. I was just looking at uh, going back to cornerback. I was just looking at Tariq uh, Woolen's. 40, projected 40 time and he's projected to run in the low four threes keith i know That's six four two hundred uh-huh. could be 210 pounds at the combine yeah oh yeah yeah six four two twenty runs in the in like four three three um and it's gonna jump out of the building too <laughs> it's hard not to fall in love with a prospect like that it just it yep. is it's like it's oh my gosh um, the one thing right. the one thing i would warn um it, people listening um j- j- in terms of falling in love with guys like that is christian Sicoli. you remember him yeah. he was a defensive end out of buffalo who was one of the best athletes the combine has ever seen like in the history of the combine um seattle drafted him moved yeah, him to a, moved him to yeah. guard because everyone was like he's undraftable as a defensive end based on his um you know technique and and production and everything uh, didn't work out, didn't really have like, you know, kind of the work ethic that they were looking for, cut him. He landed on a couple of different teams trying to play defensive end instead of guard, never, never became of anything. Um, so just because a guy is a, you know, a freaky athlete doesn't make them a good player. So are you a Cade York or a Cameron Dicker guy? Ooh. Um, do I have to answer? <laughs> I don't even know if you can. <laughs> I, I I wasn't expecting that you could. We're, I was talking about kickers because we're not yeah, you really are. in the kicker market. But Josh no, we're not. Myers kind of had you know eh, 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 sort of season and, and his cap numbers up there, you know. And so if you if you you release a guy like Myers, mm-hmm. um, I, we wouldn't be looking for a kicker. I'm just saying. Not in the draft. You'd be an after draft. drafting. Right. Because you'd want somebody to come in and compete with. Yeah. 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 I'd say I, I'd say if you're if you're looking at a guy after the draft, um, Cameron Dicker is probably the guy. Uh, I think he's got a little bit longer leg. Um, although York's more accurate, so take your pick. <laughs> I think York's gonna get drafted. I think he is. I think he's gonna be a seventh round pick. I do too. All right. Um Anything else? Any anything? Any surprises that you're l- looking for? You would be surprised about something, or I would be you know. very surprised if the CX drafted a long snapper. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be very yeah. surprised if any team ever in the history of the NFL drafts a long snapper. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Ott. This is this is the yearly mention of Tyler Ott. Yep, we're allowed um, to mention we're allowed to mention him like um, once in the off season and once during the year. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's 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 so reasonable that you could you know you toss a guy like Tyler Ott a minimum contract every every three or four years and he's happy as a long snapper, you mm-hmm. know. And so and um, he's really good at what he does. He's really good. I mean, he's so good that we don't have to talk about him, which is mm-hmm. perfect. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't even tell you like how good of a special teams player he is or if he's in on tackles or anything i just don't even notice him and i'm not looking for him and that's just perfectly okay with me um surprise wise for me 
I would be, um, you know, surprised if a guy like Brees Hall ran into the high four fours or something like that. Um, here's a guy on tape and everyone's talking about him being a four, three, eight guy. If he comes in and runs slower, I wonder what that would do to his draft stock considering he's a certain style of a player. Mm -hmm. Um, there's certain guys on this, on the big board prospects that are going to be there that could hurt themselves. And there's not a lot of players that are really going to help themselves because there's, um, this is a pretty athletic group overall. Mm -hmm. and uh it's a deep group so there's not it's the the draft isn't really top heavy and right after you know starting in in right around the pick number 20 or 25 range you really get into this deep pocket of value where there's a lot of players between say 30 and 100 that have equivalent value and teams are really going to be kind of maybe waiting on some of these prospects. So prospects could fall in the draft a little bit um, and be available. Some players that are in the, you know, hundred grains right now, you're expecting to go in the middle of the third round might come up and, and sneak into a pick 50 or 60 because teams value them more than you do. And it, it always happens. And it's, I don't expect it to be any different. And this is part of the process uh, when teams go to interview prospects, and look at the medicals and all that kind of stuff, things that we just aren't privy to all the time um, will come into play. And we won't really know why players fell or rose in the draft based on those things that teams evaluate. We just don't mm -hmm. hear about. Yep. All right. Anything else? Um, no, but that's two shows. Uh, <laughs> we're at an hour <laughs> and 10 minutes. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. Um, as That was... A, a very long conversation by Bill and I, but um, I think going into the combine, it's good to have a bunch of names to look at. Yeah, and that's the point. That's the point, because everyone loves that kind of stuff. Everyone likes to hear a name that they haven't really studied before and, and looked at. And um, I know, you know, when I was evaluating, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago and just scouring everywhere, you know, uh, to find information, about prospects and now here we are we just kind of spill these names out we're throwing out it, it's nice it's convenient so i hope everyone appreciates that a little bit anyway. all right follow keith on twitter at myers nfl i'm at nwc hawk the show is at hawk's playbook seahawksplaybook.com is your place for everything you find us on your favorite podcast app and subscribe youtube you need more uh need more subscriptions on there so that'd be great and share it to your friends and family so until next time Seahawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.
Sports Social Podcast Network.